0: Hey, welcome to the online ministry at Coastal Community Church. I want to thank you so much for checking us out. And we're so grateful that these sermons online are benefiting uh, your spiritual growth. Uh, But one of the things we have a deep conviction of at Coastal Community Church is that you're a part of a local church. And so uh, while we want these sermons to supplement your spiritual growth, we also want to encourage you to find a local church. So if you're in our community, we'd love for you to visit us. Check us out. We're on 101 Village Avenue in Yorktown. And uh, we have three service times on Sunday morning that you can see if you can be a part of our community. Community. the service times are 8 9:30 and 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings and so we'd love for you to visit us um, when you visit us this summer we're going to be doing a, a new series called one and uh, we're going to be taking our church body through uh, the letter of Corinthians 1 Corinthians that Paul writes a letter to the Church of Corinth and the letter is written because Paul is horrified to find out that this church is not unified together as a body um, to make Jesus Christ famous in their community and I find that interesting because we We live in a culture where I think sometimes we're uh, shocked when a church is working in unity. And so that's what we want to be a Coastal Community Church. We want to be a church that works in unity uh, so that we can better uplift the gospel message of Jesus Christ. So I hope you'll join us for this new series as we go through 1 Corinthians. The series is called One.
1: Well, good morning, Coastal Church. Great to see you. It's a great morning of worship. We're going to celebrate the ordinances this morning. And uh, actually, since I have a few minutes, we're going to turn to 1 Corinthians 11. So if you have your Bible, get it out with me. And um, we are going to, we're in 1 Corinthians this summer doing a series called One. And uh, part of what we do for the Lord's Supper is actually taken, um, oftentimes we read from 1 Corinthians where Uh, We read uh, where the Apostle Paul instructs the church of Corinth uh, on how to take the Lord's Supper. Uh, What's interesting is I usually don't unpack more of the passage, and so I'm going to take a minute or two to do that this morning uh, before we take these elements together. And and, and so, uh, as you know, Corinth was struggling with unity, and and that's why we titled the series "One" because as at coastal, we want to be one body that we serve the Lord together, using our time, talent, and treasure uh, to make Christ famous and. And um, and One of the things I love about baptism is we see through the ministry of the local church, uh, we see the Holy Spirit drawing His children to Himself, and man, that's exciting to me. Uh, One of the reasons that we uh, shut down our children's ministry this week is we want everybody to be a part of this service, and and, uh, if you serve in our children's ministry, thank you very, very much, okay? I know that's a valuable ministry, and it's not uncommon during our baptisms to see some of our young children say, you know what, I want to profess my faith in Christ. And so that's always exciting. So let's do this. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 11. We're going to look in verse 17. There's a handout in your bulletin. And uh, you know, in church life, uh, there are times when a church has a program or a particular way of doing things. And over time, sometimes the, those particular programs maybe lose their foundations uh, and even can create disunity inside of the body, inside of the church body. And, and that does happen. And, and churches are notorious uh, for doing the same thing over and over and over. And when the, ch- the program's evaluated, what is the answer? Well, we've always what? Anybody know? Well, he's done it that way, right? It's just the way it's been done. And so we're not going to change. And, and, and there's a program or there's something going on inside of the church of Corinth here that's actually creating disunity. And it's happening around the Lord's Supper. And the apostle Paul actually deals with it and asks them uh, to consider, you know, maybe you need to stop the program that you're doing if it's, if it's doing more harm than good. And and, and so, you know, one of the things that we try to do at Coastal with the leadership is we do try to look at our, everything we're doing and evaluate it, it's- Sometimes a couple times a year and say, are we being effective? Are we accomplishing our purposes, which is to develop authentic followers of Jesus Christ? And just because we've always done it that way, uh, now there's some unchanging things, of course, in Scripture, but there's certain things we can say, maybe there's a better way we could be more effective. And so 1 Corinthians 11, verse 17, it's in this context where the Apostle Paul is dealing with the Lord's Supper, and he says this. He says, but in the following instructions... I do not commend you because when you come together, it is not for the better, but it's for the worse. Can you imagine that? I love what the NLT says here. The NLT says when you come together, you're actually, you're actually doing more harm than good. Makes me giggle. You ever been a part of a church meeting that did more harm than Good. Never been to a Baptist church business meeting? All right, yeah. anyway. all right. maybe I shouldn't prod to her. Yeah, I have been. I've actually been in business meetings where I'm like, man, this is, this is creating disunity in the body. Is there a better way? Is there a better way to make decisions? Is there a better church polity? Is there a better way for us to move forward? And, and we can have particular ways of doing things that are disrupting the unity in the body of Christ and are, are doing more harm than good. Well, that's the context in which we actually find the teaching of the Lord's Supper, and so the context is this, okay, in 1 Corinthians 11. The church of Corinth was doing this thing, this, this dinner together called, they actually, as best as best, best I understand it, called it the love feast, and, uh, and these are the early seeds of the potluck dinner, essentially, all right, and, and since there's no such thing as luck, I like to call it pot providence because God knows what's showing up, okay, so kind of funny. Um, So... They have this love feast, all right? And so they're coming together, they're bringing their food, they're sharing a meal together. And, and, and the, so the seeds of that are good and healthy, right? This, this church of Corinth is wanting to hang out together. They're wanting to, to build community together. They want to share food together. Those are things we even do probably in a lot of our small groups at Coastal Community Church. These things can be healthy and good, but the problem is this one's doing more harm than good. And so as you kind of unpack and you understand the context probably what was happening in the church of Corinth was this love feast, this this fellowship meal w- was creating disunity. How? Well, the wealthier members of the church had more work flexibility. So they would come together for this meal time and the wealthier members would get there early because they had the work flexibility to get there early. And by the time the poorer members of the church had gotten there, all the food was gone, right? If you've ever been a part of a church uh, potluck, you know, you got to shield off the teenagers, right? Or all the food will be gone by the time the adults get there. You know, the same thing was happening here, and so by the time the poorer members showed up, there's no food left. The second thing that was happening, which is super interesting, given last week's sermon, uh, is there was probably alcohol being brought to the service, and so by the time and so because they waited so long to share this meal together, these folks were actually, by the time they got to the Lord's Supper, there was pro- at probably some drunkenness going on in the church body, if you can even imagine that. And so Paul is shocked, and he actually suggests in verse 20, like, hey, it may be time to do away with this church program, essentially, because it's doing more harm than good. And so in verse 20, he says, when you come together, it's... It is not the Lord's Supper that you eat, for in eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal. One goes hungry, another gets drunk. Paul says, what? Do you not have houses to eat and to drink? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I will not commend you is what he says. And so this church has this program, this feast, and it's creating problems. Now, verse 23 to 32, which we're going to look at in a minute, Paul then goes on to define the the Lord's Supper and how it should be taken, the attitude and the spirit, which we're going to get to in a second. But then at the end of 1 Corinthians 11, he circles back to this church program, this kind of these final love feast instructions, you know, how they're supposed to take this dinner together. And so in first Corinthians 11 verse 33, Paul says, so then my brothers, when you come together to eat. So he gives, he's like, if you're going to keep this program going, this is what it needs to look like. You need to wait for one another. Don't everybody start eating at once. Verse 34. If you can't wait, essentially, if anyone's hungry, let him eat at home so that when you come together, it will not be for judgment. About the other things, and he says, I will give directions, which I'd love to know the other things he was going to address. But about the other things, I will give directions when I come. So that is the context of what we usually look at as the Lord's Supper. And usually when we take the elements together, I unpack uh, 1 Corinthians 11. So let's quickly look at Paul's instructions now on taking the Lord's Supper. He says this. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 23, for Paul says, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body, which is for you, do this in remembrance of me. And then in verse 25, in the same way, also he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, do this as often as you drink it in remembrance, for, uh, uh, in remembrance of me, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you will proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. So, what is the Lord's Supper as we're about to take it as a church body? Well, it's, it's a simple act, it's, 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 it's bread, it's the fruit of the vine. And one of the things I love about this service is, and one of the things I love about what Christ has given us is he's given us very ordinary means to remind us the extraordinary payment and purchase for us to have relationship with our Heavenly Father. He, he, God has given us ordinary things like bread, like fruit of the vine, like water in baptism. And these things remind us, which is the next second point, that this is a reminder. Verse 24 says we do this in remembrance. And so church, I want to encourage you as we get ready to take these elements together. This is, this is a moment where we pause. That's why Paul is so upset about this, this other thing going on around the Lord's Supper. It's distracting this church from this, this moment that really has some weight to it. It it, it, it's a moment where we pause in our very busy weeks and our very busy lives and, and we engage our minds and we engage our hearts and we engage with the Word of God and we remember the high price of our righteousness. It's not earned by our good works, it's been earned for us. It's where we pause and we remember that, that Jesus lived a perfect life, the life we could never live. And then He, he suffered. And he died a bloody, brutal crucifixion, which reminds us God's hatred of sin. And Christ bore the wrath of God. And our sin is no trifling matter to, our whole, to the holy character of God. And so is salvation free to us? Of course it's free to us. It's received by grace through faith in the person and work of Christ. But, but man, it came at a high cost to God and to his Son. And so we pause and, and we remember, we remember too that the cup is symbolic, verse 25. The, the, verse 25 tells us, Paul says that this cup is the new covenant. Now, we know the cup's not the new covenant, that was the spilled blood of Jesus Christ. But, but we, we take these symbols and you know one of the things that, you know, and I'll give some instructions here in a minute as we're going to take the Lord's Supper, one of the things I, I do with, with my family when we take it later today is we huddle up, and we, we, we take one element at a time, and one of us prays over the cup, and we remind ourselves, man, that cup is symbolic of the blood that Jesus spilt for my forgiveness, for your forgiveness of sins. And then we, we pause over the, the wafer, the cracker, and we remind ourselves, this reminds us of the broken body of Christ. We usually take it, and we break it before we eat it, too. So we're reminded that Christ's body was broken. It's symbolic, Number four, it's a statement of faith. Verse 26 says that you're announcing the Lord's death. And so one of the reasons that we do the Lord's Supper the way we do it at Coastal, one of the reasons we don't pass the elements, and it's funny, as we've grown bigger, this becomes more difficult, okay? But we have, uh, we have four stations. We have two here, two in the back, and we want you to get up, and we want you to take the elements on your own. And one of the reasons we want you to do that is, in a way, you're giving testimony, That you're a believer as you take these elements. You're testifying, hey, as I take these, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ because it's a statement of your faith as you take these elements. The third thing I want you to see here this morning is that, you know, we have to ask the question, well, who takes the Lord's Supper? And it's followers of Jesus Christ. It's followers of Jesus Christ. Verse 27 of 1 Corinthians 11, "...whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord..." in an unworthy manner. Now, again, I want you to be thinking about what's, what's taking place in the context of this church, right? And I'm probably some of you were shocked when I said people are coming into this meal and people are getting drunk. Like, it's, Paul's shocked by it, right? But, and so he says, whoever therefore eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a, let a person examine himself and then so eat the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats this uh, who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment upon himself. Like, wow, right? Like, we should, we should, we should give pause right here. And what does it mean to discern the body? Well, and the blood of Christ in an unworthy manner. I think the first thing is it's, we have to ask the question do I, do I, have I received Christ? Have I repented of my sins and believed and received, believed into Christ, right? Have I received him as my Savior? Because if not, this is not some just kind of rote religious duty, right? This is testifying to your faith or you maybe you're a believer and somehow this has become boring to you. And I want to encourage you, this is a, this is, you're, the, you're the sermon, you're the illustration this morning of the sermon, okay? This is a visual sermon, you're, you're the illustration of that. I think we can go through the motions, right? And so we're going to give you a moment before we take the elements, man, just take a moment, pause, pray, set your affections on Christ, think we should pause and give, give reflection to, where's my heart with other believers? Is there anybody I need to make amends with? Is there hatred in my heart towards a brother or sister in Christ? And Paul says this is an opportunity for self-reflection. Number four is a, this is an opportunity for self-reflection or self-examination. Verse 28, a person ought to examine himself and then eat of the bread and drink of the cup. And why do we take this seriously? Well, because this is an opportunity to reflect on your life and your response to the gospel. Verse 30, Paul actually says, this is why many of you, writing to the Corinthians, are weak and ill and some have died. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. Like Paul is, like that's serious. This is serious business. And so when we take the Lord's Supper, I think a lot of times in churches it becomes kind of this religious duty. Please don't let it be that. And this is a great opportunity to reflect upon the gospel. It's a great opportunity to ask ourselves some real questions about how we are following Christ. It's a great opportunity to repent of sin. Reconnect and recommit. And so at Coastal, let me give you some instructions and we're going to take the Lord's Supper together. Okay, first of all, you don't have to be a church member to take the elements at Coastal. We just ask that you're a follower of Jesus Christ. And so you're, like I said, when you get up and take these elements, you're, you're bearing testimony. You're bearing witness to the fact that you're a follower, all right? If you're here this morning and you're not yet a follower of Jesus Christ, but you've been coming, you've been hearing the message, the Holy Spirit's been working on your heart, listen, maybe today's your first communion. Maybe today, before your reflection time is, you know what? I need to repent of my sins, and I need to believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then, after you've done that, come up and take these elements and acknowledge that you're a follower of Him. Secondly, if you're going to take the Lord's Supper, okay, use these quiet moments to set the affections of your heart on the things of the Lord, okay? So, we're going to… There's, we're going to uh, worship team's going to play a song It's an opportunity for you to set the affections of your heart on Christ. And then finally, as I've already alluded to, we don't pass the elements. We ask that you come up and take them on your own. Okay, so uh, if everybody in your family is a believer and you all want to come up and take them together, that's fine. If you want to come up with your small group, uh, that's fine. Um, But when you're ready, I want to encourage you, you come up, take these elements, and worship Jesus Christ. Let me pray, okay? And I'm going to turn it over to the worship team. And then when you're ready, you take the elements. Two stations in the front, two in the back. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this visual reminder this morning of the gospel. It's it's no small matter. We take these elements and we're reminded of your love for us. That you, you could have left us dead in our sins, but you provided a way, a way for us to connect back with our Creator through the gospel of Jesus Christ. We take a moment and we, you know, we look inward, we, we ask the question, have I received Christ as my Savior? Have I repented of sin? Have I received, believed and received Christ. We remember the high cost of our righteousness. And as we take these elements, God, we look forward. We look forward to the day of your return, God, when our faith becomes sight. And this is that moment where we, we pause and we give thanks and we hunger and we long for the day where we will see you face to face. We thank you for these, these touch points in our spiritual journey. that We reflect on things that really, really matter. And so is your church body, God, as we sing and as we take a moment to examine and then we take these elements. God, may we testify to the incredible work of Jesus Christ. And may this be an opportunity to give you thanksgiving and give you praise. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. When you're ready, you come.